Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that your word would come to us, that it would find a birthplace in our hearts, that we might be transformed according to your will. We ask this, O Lord, in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, our text is from the Gospel of Matthew. It's the prelude to the Lord's Prayer. For Lent, he'll be preaching about the Lord's Prayer. And um, Jesus warns against virtue signaling calling attention to oneself because of doing something that is a, perceived to be a good thing. And he, he basically has very little patience for it. We don't do good for our sakes. We, we don't, at the same time, we're not good for nothing. <laughs> but we are, we're good for God. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the sixth chapter of Matthew. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogue and streets and calling attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they'll ever get. But when you give to someone in need, Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is the reward, that is all the reward that they'll ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. God had his understanding with this hearing of his word. So I am asked on a regular basis to uh, do invocations for various events, whether it's city hall, opening the council meeting, or the county commission, or uh, any number of things. I probably do a dozen a year. And middle of the week, I was called by the um, folks over at the Forum Club and asked, because they couldn't get a pastor, they asked if I would do it, and of course I said I'd be honored to do it. Forum Club has about maybe three or 400 people gathered for a lunch, and we have a speaker in this case, it was Larry Arn, who's the president of Hillsdale College. We had, earlier this year, we had Mike Pompeo and Christy Noam, and um, the woman who's running for president now, 
Nikki Haley, yeah, Nikki Haley. She was here last year. And um, so we, it's, it's a fun club, it's really fascinating. So on, on Thursday, I was working on my prayer. These little prayers, I usually give 45 minutes to an hour in preparation. And I'd been working on this thing, and then I thought, who am I praying to? Is this just a statement to the people there, or am I praying to God? And I took it and threw it away, started all over. I wanted to make sure that when I pray, even in those public, sort of bless the chicken salad type prayers, <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm praying to God. And that when I pray, that, that I'm orienting the, the gathered body of people, whatever nature of the body, that I'm orienting them to God. And, uh, and that as a pastor in our community that I, I can, can remind people of the centrality of faith. So that, that's what I did because I, I just feel like I'm lousy at prayer. I, I have so many people in my life that I have such high regard for who are, who are good prayers and, and who just have a, a depth about them that, that they are able to go to the Lord in prayer and, and, and sup with him for a long period of time. And I just think I'm kind of ADHD when it comes to prayer. I just don't, I just don't seem to settle in as I feel like those who are really good at it do. I found some hope with, when I read some, some work of Martin Luther, who, and I've shared this before, but who says prayer should be brief, intense, and frequent. I thought, okay, I can, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. But um, so Jesus gives a warning about people who pray in public and do it to be seen, do it to get attention to themselves, who step forth with that stained glass voice and pray to the Lord to garner some kind of attention to themselves. And that that's disgusting to him disgusting because our Lord wants to give us good gifts and yet we've reaped it already for ourselves, he says. We've already gotten all the approval that we're going to get. That's not going to count when we see him face to face. And I thought about this. A, uh, a hero of mine is Patrick Mahomes. I just think, what a good kid. I was pastor in Lubbock, Texas for seven years and of course, he went to Texas Tech, so that, he became a, an emotional favorite at that point. But here's a, here's a young man who, the moment he gets interviewed, after one of these victories, he's a, he'll say, I want to thank God. I want to thank God. And every, now and, they'll, every now and then you'll get a glimpse of him out on the field, and he'll be pointing to, to the heavens. I don't know what is inside a person's heart when they're doing such things. But my sense about a man like Mahomes is that he's doing it out of sincerity and not, a, not to garner attention to himself. My sense is that his pointing to the heavens is not like those who would kneel 
in protest during the national anthem. It was a different kind of signal. It was a signal that he was, in fact, exercising an act of prayer in so doing. And of course, God was with the chiefs that last Sunday. And, um, <clears throat> but we, in, in no small manner, we really don't know how to pray. And I think even the, the people who are the best at it, what I consider the people who are really good prayers, I think they would probably acknowledge that, that they're learning. What does this mean to really pray? What does it mean to be a people of prayer? What does it mean to, to do these things? And, and because of that, we're, we're in a place where, and in a time where our prayers can be viewed as, as sort of worthless, pointless, and without meaning. So I, I did a little reading this week from a, a man named Sam Harris. You may have heard of that name before. He's a, um, a prolific speaker and atheist. And he had this to say, writing several years ago, but he, he wrote, the President of the United States has claimed on more than one occasion to be in dialogue with God. If he said that he was talking to God through his hairdryer, this would precipitate a national emergency. I fail to see how the addition of a hairdryer makes the claim more ridiculous or offensive. I view that as a straw man article, uh, argument. So is somebody who is fumbling with beads out of the Catholic tradition, is that offensive or ridiculous? Or a primitive in the mountains of Peru who paints an image on a rock is that ridiculous? Is that without substance? Whatever it is that might remind us and call us to prayer, and whatever it is that in our own humanity that, that enables us to, to, to be a man or a woman of prayer. I mean, the hairdryer thing is just like, where did that come from? But we all, we all need something. So, our opening video, Chris Singleton did the national anthem at the Super Bowl last week. And when I, when I looked at what he had done, he had done that song about prayer. And I was so touched, I was so moved. And so that was my hairdryer. That moved me to pray. It moved me to a place where I was deeply appreciative. And, and so, so I was in that, that place of listening to him, and I, I was just sitting at my computer, and I started to weep listening to that song. And then I was so grateful to God for our Lord's statement. When you pray, don't do it out, like, out there to call attention to yourself, but go into the storeroom. In first century Palestine, the storeroom is the place where you, you kept all the implements for your farming and your ranching. It was kind of, a, kind of a gross area, but it was the one place you could lock. So go into your storeroom. 
lock the door, and then speak. And Jesus uses this language, I believe intentionally. Speak with your father. He doesn't use language about sort of just a generic God. He says, speak to your father in private. Go to him face to face. And just have that that very special time with, with your father. And in that, we don't necessarily get reward. I was a little embarrassed after the prayer on Friday, after the forum club, somebody, whoa, it was a really good prayer. It's not why I did it. So I thought, maybe I blew it. Maybe I get no credit in heaven for that prayer today. (laughs) But to go to our Lord and just be alone with him, or perhaps perhaps with your loved ones, to be in prayer together. I love it when I'm privileged to be with families who've lost a loved one, particularly when it's, well, in every instance. To see them come together, to circle around, and, see, and hear them pray. And sometimes the prayer is in the form of just tears dropping off of the end of the, ch- end of the chin. And sometimes a prayer is just a head nodding. It's always powerful and meaningful to me when I see deeply powerful, authentic prayer going on that honors God. And we don't, we don't know if it's doing anything. We don't know if God's going to change the world because of it. Especially in those times of loss, we've lost that one, and we're grateful for that one. And so we pray with deep gratitude. And in fact, coming off of such prayers so often, there's a, a joy that is being planted, that gives, gives rise, takes root, and gives rise to some, some deep thankfulness as time, as time passes. So I also, when I heard that song, couldn't help but think of my dad. World War II veteran, engineer, civil engineer, and coming home at the end of each day, sitting down with mom and a glass of wine and complaining about this guy or that guy at the office, and how the government's spending way too much money. He worked for the Air Force his whole career. Government's spending way too much money. They waste money all the time. That's a long time ago, so nothing's changed. (laughs) But then in, in the closing years, Dad would... He would take the prayer list that he picked up from church. And he was still doing his walk every day. But this, you know, in those closing years, he had one of those walkers that had the brakes on it and you could steer. And he'd have that prayer list under one of his thumbs. And he'd walk and he'd pray for everyone on the, on the list. He did it every Sunday. Oh, pardon me, he did it every day. He picked up that list every Sunday. And then in January of 2012, I went to see him 
on his birthday, which was at the end of, at the end of January, the 26th. Went to see him for a week. And when I was there, Dad usually hung out in the office where he did all of the stuff that he did. When I went in to see him, it was about 10 o'clock at night, and he was not there. He had moved to the living room. And I went into the living room, and there was Dad. His hands were folded, and I remember so well he was moving his thumbs one on top of the other. He was praying. And I don't know what he was praying about, but I was moved and touched. And I thought, if that's what the end of life looks like, why don't I start doing that more now? Do I have to be 96 years old to get to the point where I attain the wisdom, the depth, to understand the most important things of life are those? And then Memorial Day of that year, 2012, Daddy didn't pray anymore. And, and yet I was so grateful, so glad that I could see this, this man who had grown in such stature, spiritual stature and depth that was evidenced simply by his life that was characterized by the one thing that he could really do anymore, and that was to pray. If that's the last thing we do, maybe we would do well to make that the first thing we do. When we wake up in the day to thank God, and when we see our children or our grandchildren, our spouse, to thank God, when we start work, when we begin a task, just to, to thank God. And in that way, God is glorified. Somehow that means we're going to get some kind of reward in heaven, but somehow it doesn't really matter because we're one with our Father. Will you join me in prayer? And so, dear Lord, characterize our lives not by showy righteousness, not by the ostentation that often comes with, with different aspects of life, but instead, deepen us, humble us, teach us to listen to learn and to grow evermore into the image and likeness of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. 
We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.